This is the Talking Property Podcast, brought to you by Rewed.com, the home of WA Real Estate. Thank you for listening to Talking Property, the show in which we discuss all aspects of real estate. Now, here is your host, Harvey Deegan, together with our expert commentators, Rob Druitt and Rod Bryan. Welcome to Talking Property to Rob Druitt and Rod Ryan. And boys, we have a very interesting Talking Property episode coming up. I'm sure you'd agree. Yeah, we've got Sandra Brewer on, haven't we, from Executive Director of the Property Council at WA. I'm always amazed with the Property Council. It's a very interesting industry group because it's such a mix of mm. different factors and, and who, different industry sectors. Who do they sectors. actually represent? Well, it's a whole range. They've got Everybody. everyone from mm. shopping centres to commercial agents to developers to you know people who are developing land. So it's a real mix of their membership base, but they've got some very interesting election wish lists, and so I'm going to be very interested to hear what Sandra's got to say about it. I was going to say they're a very, shall we say, powerful lobby group, aren't they, on behalf of the industry? And there are certain matters that I know Sandra's going to bring up that she's been pushing and will continue to push with the government, and we'll see how she goes with that. And then we're heading down to the Great Southern. Yep, we're heading down to Esperance to Thorpe Realty and Brett Thorpe, and uh, he's been down there for a year or three, and I think he loves, and why wouldn't you love living Mm. in Esperance? You've got the lifestyle there, you've got a pretty viable business. Right. Yes, well, great spot and uh, it's really interesting talking to these real estate agents from the regional areas because you get a real insight from them. Yep, all right, but first things first, in just a tick, we'll talk to Sandra Brewer. Our very special guest on Talking Property Now is Sandra Brewer, Executive Director of the Property Council of WA. Sandra, welcome to our podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Now, what we should point out is that we are currently recording just prior to getting the results of the state election. I think we could probably assume what I think we might know what the result happened. is going to be. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> but having said that, how much lobbying did you do prior to the election? Was it to all parties or did you just concentrate on the Labor Party? And what were some of the key points? Well, the Property Council is the lead advocate for many sectors of property. So we advocate for residential developers, both in greenfields and apartment development, but also retail shopping centres, commercial property, retirement villages and industrial property owners. So across all of those sectors, we've been advocating for their priorities. Some of the things that our members talk to us about all the time is having really good planning approval processes to make sure that projects are approved because obviously long holding costs and approval timelines add to the cost of housing or construction. But really looking at some broader ideas to grow the WA economy. What we have recommended is promoting population growth to secure recovery and growth. So we had five themes in our election advocacy platform, which was called Recovery and Growth Powered by Property. And those um, five themes had all sorts of relevant ideas around tax or, you know, ideas just to grow the WA economy. I'm interested in what you say about promoting population growth. How do they go about doing that? Well, there's a number of settings. I mean, people will obviously say that's a federal government policy, but there's things within state government control that can incentivise growth. So some of our ideas were around growing the skilled population. So anyone in property right now needs skilled workers and we've heard about the crisis in some skilled areas like bricklayers and some of the fixing trades. The opportunity is for the state government to give a payroll tax discount to 
people who are willing to relocate from interstate. So the employer needs to pay a payroll tax to bring someone here. We worked out on a $100,000 salary. That's about $10,000 over two years. We're saying if the state government was to provide that as relief to companies, they'd be more willing to bring skilled workers from interstate. Yeah, look, it's a wonderful idea. It's a serious problem at the moment, isn't it? Particularly Mm. in the construction industry. And of course, post-election, hopefully we'll see maybe some policies that around getting people into the state. Mm. You would think probably politically it's made a lot of sense for a current government to obviously have the hard line, but hopefully that'll be relaxed a bit. We've got the obviously mm. the vaccine being wound out and uh, that's going to make a difference. We'll probably need to attract people from overseas, won't we, Sandra? Because there's mm. so much infrastructure happening around Australia, it's going to be hard to get those workers here when, if they're fully employed over east. And really, we need to get overseas people back on the migration, immigration. I think that will be on the agenda soon based mm. on how well the vaccine is performing and the efficacy yes. that we're seeing in countries that do have serious issues with COVID infection rates. Mm. For the moment, we think tradies coming from interstate is probably the That's most the practical thing, solution. Practical yeah. And I think we're bound to see a bit of a change in state government policy on that. And uh, mm. obviously, uh, you know, the Property Council, I know HIA and, and certainly we were advocating for the same too, that that, that happens and that'll mm. ease the building that we're having at the, mo- the moment, the problem that we've got with mm. uh, construction workers. Sandra, I noticed that your projected figures or hoping to be figures for Perth residents is 90,000. What is it at the moment? So that's within the city of Perth mm. boundaries. So yes. if people think of the CBD, East Perth, West Perth and a little bit of Nedlands, yes. the population is probably just under 30. So the figure of 90,000 represents a tripling of the population, which I have to say I'm really pleased. Mm. All sides of politics, all leaders in local government, state government and federal government are on board with this figure. So there is a lot of attention to how that's best achieved. And the best example of action on that is the Perth City deal and putting university campuses in the city to Mm. build a population around those places. Very good. And there's some excess capacity at the moment in the apartment market. Mm. Uh, for sure. There's still a lot coming through, even though we've been through a, a rather tumultuous six years, haven't we, in that sector? Yes, it's definitely been the case that some apartment developers haven't had their projections met. So mm. there's a fair bit of existing stock that's in the market. We had another idea as part of our state election platform, which was to incentivise older people to move yeah, into to completed that. apartments. Now, that's a really interesting one because you're talking about a grant rather than some other sort of stamp duty relief or something. Yeah, so we looked at a few issues in Perth's residential property market. The vacancy rates is the one that we're all familiar with, you know, really tightest vacancy rates for a long time and be able to speak to that, Rob. Something that was on our mind and also in the context of quite a large amount of completed apartments that are available in Perth and also retirement villages that have a number of units and villas that are ready now. What they're just missing is, you know, the, the velocity in the market of people moving out of the big family home and freeing that up for tenants who are either families or groups of uni students. Mm. So the clever policy solution we came up with was a $15,000 grant that would be payable to people who are over 65, who are willing and interested to downsize. We quite like the idea of, you know, getting rid of the lawn mowing and Mm. all the family home maintenance, but just 
need to cover a lot of costs. So we all know there's the conveyancing costs, stamp duty, removalists, you know, you might want to buy some new furniture. So the proposal for a $15,000 grant has been received really well. It's a great idea. And it, that that is a real break on, you know, downsizers moving mm. uh, because of the enormous costs. They've got one of the biggest costs is the stamp duty, and that would go a long way to helping. And to give them some benefit back, this segment of the community have been working and paying tax their whole lives, and it's time they got a bit of a break, I would have thought. Obviously, it doesn't cover any cost, but Mm. what it is is an incentive for them to act to try and free up some of those homes for rental stock and to get them into apartments. The way that it's been treated as a grant means a government can deploy it quickly with a start date and an end date at the right time. Just like you do with the first home buyer market. Mm. So some people have jokingly called this the last homeowner's grant (laughs) as opposed to the first home buyer's grant. But but I think just what it also does is that there's a lot of people that weren't interested really in buying a house or having a house built. And then when all the government incentives came, all of a sudden it sort of tweaked it a bit and thought, oh, hello, you know, maybe this is not time to start thinking about it. So this might be something that just gives that bit of initiative to make people start to think about it before they know where they are. You know, they've got the kids saying, yeah, great idea. And, you know, absolutely. sell your big house, we'll have half of the cash and we'll go and do something ourselves as well and off it goes. It's wonderful and the good thing about this policy is it doesn't actually cost the state government what we've been able to Mm. model. Your costings I'm sure would show that it generates so much activity. It does. So Mm. by paying that 15,000 grant you know it would be limited obviously but it creates a lot of stamp duty revenue for government. So 18% of West Australians are aged over 65. If just 5% of them moved as a result of this policy, it would reap $179 million stamp duty revenue for the state budget. So we hope whoever the new state government is, they'll consider this policy seriously. Just want to get back before we let you go, Sandra, hmm. to the your very admirable aim of returning buoyancy and vibrancy to the hmm. CBD. COVID's obviously set that back enormously, hasn't it? In particular, you've got some figures here in regard to occupancy of office space. Yeah, so we've tracked how many people are visiting the city and working in their CBD head office. Fair to say Perth's been luckier than most. I think, you know, in Sydney and Melbourne, it's a much slower recovery. In Perth, we've just obviously been fortunate that through state government decisions, we've managed to control the spread of COVID. And so we've had far less impact of lockdown. But also businesses have been really willing to send their people back to work in the office for all of the benefits it provides which is, you know, people innovate better, they collaborate better and there's just better opportunities for developing younger people by being together in the office. So we're seeing statistics of around 70% of office workers back in the city. So it's improving all the time, but yeah, it needs to remain a focus. Are you getting some support from our new Lord Mayor, Basil Uh, Zempelis? Most definitely. We've been having a strong collaboration, standing up to a lot of these companies and saying, please send your people back to the office. It's really important to support Mm. all of the businesses that rely on CBD office workers. I've had the opportunity to stand alongside Basil Zempelis during media activities and together we're working to encourage people back into the city. Mm. That is really positive and good news. Now, Sandra... 
Property Council of WA, tell us very quickly how we get access to your website. Okay, so it's propertycouncil.com.au and if you click on the WA events, that's a good place to look at what we've got coming up. Lots of conversations about residential property, industrial, commercial, something there to interest everyone. Sandra, thank you for joining us on Talking Property. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you, Sandra. Thanks, guys. Are you looking to buy, sell, rent or find an agent in WA? For all your property needs, visit rewa.com, the home of WA Real Estate. Rewa.com can help you find your next home with all the latest properties right at your fingertips. For all your property needs, visit rewa.com, the home of WA Real Estate. To find the right local agent, use rewa.com agent finder to search and compare real estate agents in WA. For all your property needs, rewa.com. We at Talking Property are indebted to rewa.com, our major supporters. It's time for Agents Corner and we're heading down to Esperance. Why are we going down there? Good reason, because Brett Thorpe is on the other end of the phone from Thorpe Realty in Esperance. Welcome to Talking Property. Thanks very much for the invite. You're very welcome. How long have you been involved in real estate down in Esperance, Brett? Oh, very close to 30 years now. Wow. And what made you go there in the first place? Oh, mate, I'm uh, a true blue local. I was born here, but after being away for 17 years, I decided to come back and bring my children up in a very nice part of the world. Your main clientele down in Esperance, who are they? Are, are they uh, people who are retirees and looking for a, a sea change, of course, obviously down your way? No, no, there's, there's actually quite a diverse range of people that we deal with. We tend to find the retirees, you know, they spend most of their years here and then they look at retiring a little bit closer to Perth where there's medical facilities that they may require later in life. Yeah, we have a lot of first homeowners. We've got quite a few people who work in various areas, local government, private enterprise and that. They all love the lifestyle that Esperance has to offer. So you find that a lot of people decide to invest in property here and stay for quite a while. Now, Brett, Rob here. How are you, mate? It's been a little while since we last spoke. And I think when we did, we were crying in our tea that the market was so quiet and nothing much had happened in Esperance for a very long time. I think it's all a bit different now, isn't it? Uh, it certainly is. I think you know the whole state has experienced quite a significant turnaround, and we're not immune from what's been happening around the state. You know, it's been very busy. We've seen quite a significant take up of residential property. Rental markets have tightened up very, very tightly. We have a vacancy rate of less than two percent. I think the average day for a property to sit vacant is uh, hovering around six days, and the average days on market is around twelve days for a rental property. So, how many investors have bought properties in Esperance over the last ten years? Over the last how many? Sorry, Rob. Over the last say five or ten years. Well, investment just hasn't happened over the last probably four or five years. We've seen very little investment happening and I think all that sort of came about because of the uncertainty in relation to the laws in relation to capital gains tax and, you know, uh, a few other things that were being talked about. Um, But we've started to see a little bit of investing in the last six months, getting quite reasonable rental returns. 
Rentals are in very short supply and we are seeing an increase in the rents. On average at the moment, it's probably gone up about 10 to $15 a week. Yeah, if we continue to have the shortages that we have, that could go even higher over the next few months. And would you say that that tightening of the rental market is, is fueling the sales market as well? As people are going, well, oh, it, it can't really get a rental. Rob, yeah, so. what I'm seeing is yeah, particularly people where looking at properties sort of under that $400,000 mark, they're finding that with the low rates that they can obtain now for a home loan at about 1.99%, fixed for four years, they're actually going to save money compared to what rent they're paying. Yeah. So we've seen good take-up of that. I mean, the government incentives really drove the house and land packages to the point where you know, most of our builders are fully booked for the next two, two and a bit years. So we saw a significant increase in the number of blocks that were sold in the last four or five months. Brett, Rod, Ryan, with the, the rural scene down there, do you, do you have a lot of involvement with that at all? or And how's that going if you do? Yeah, look, the, the rural scene, rural land's very tightly held and Esperance, particularly that land that falls within the, that reliable rainfall belt, you know, prices have increased significantly. The last couple of farm sales have set some pretty high records in relation to what's been cheap for Arrowal Acre. But what you are seeing is, you know, a lot of the smaller farms that were in existence have been brought up by the neighbouring properties and they've turned it into quite a big and significant business operations. So with the advent of you know new farming practices and, and, and better technology, they've certainly been able to increase their productivity. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of cropping down our way now. Unfortunately, we lost a lot of land to blue gum plantations about 10 or 12 years ago, but the market's sort of dropped significantly for, for that type of product. A lot of the farmland that was in blue gums is now being rehabilitated back into crop grazing land, so that's good for the area as well. Another thing too, on our podcast we talk to people, agents in regional areas. It's a bit sad really that there's people having to leave some of these regional areas because there's just not the accommodation. Is that happening in Esperance at all, that there's just not the rental properties, there's not the... Uh, look, there is a shortage of accommodation, but we have seen... So the Shire addressed that over the Christmas period leading up uh, to possibly Easter, where we had some significant contracts requiring people to come down for three and four months. So the Shire actually opened up. They managed to get hold of our old youth hostel, the Fresh Air League, and they offered that on a short-term basis, which was quite successful. But, yeah, unfortunately, it is still pretty tight, pretty hard to find rental properties. I wouldn't say that we've seen people leave the area because of that. We've seen you know, people considering coming here and because they can't find adequate accommodation, they've, they've made a decision not to come. And, Brett, with the residential market improving so much, have you found there's more development in town? Are there developers coming out of the woodwork saying, look, it's starting to uh, stack look, up there's, now? There's developers starting to look at, look at opportunities now. That's only sort of just started to sort of come out of the woodwork now. And there are a couple of, you know, reasonable opportunities sitting around there. But we came into this period, you know, off the back of three to four years of, you know, very, very slow sales. So our stock levels were quite high. You know, we, between mm-hmm. all agents, we were probably hovering around 350, 360 residential properties for sale between all agents. Oh, so wow, a lot of agents in Perth would like to have those. <laughs> that, that many yeah, listings right, right well, now. I, I just did a quick count today, and I think we're down to about, between all agents, to about 165 residential properties. 
obviously. So even 155, I'd be happy to take. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's half, isn't so, it? So you've really cleared out half yeah. your stock. So there's still more than stock half. there, and we're listing, you know, we're doing appraisals and we're listing you know, on a weekly basis. But things aren't lasting when we get a very realistically priced listing. Um, Demand's there. We've already got sort of buyers sitting in the wind waiting to go, mm. and we're finding that that stock's starting to move quite quickly. I've just been looking at your website, Thorpe Realty website. You have a lot of commercial properties, I notice, Brett, and included amongst them the Salmon Gums Hotel. We can pick up the Salmon Gums Hotel if we want to become publicans. 395,000 yeah, walk-in, um, walk-out. These regional areas have little hidden-away gems and you know, something like the Salmon Gums Hotel with the right people in there, you could certainly... Which wouldn't be us. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> We're speaking around, theoretically. Um, there's, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of interest in the regional areas, particularly with the mining activity going on. And Yeah, so all sorts of little opportunities pop up. Fantastic. And how can people get in touch with you at Thorpe Realty in Esperance? Mate, they can just give us a call. We're there 24 hours a day. We'll answer the phone, uh, <laughs> 90712100, or they can just jump onto our website, and all of our contact details are on our website. So I'm going to call you at 2am and see whether you do answer. (laughs) (laughs) Good on you. Thanks very much indeed, Brett. Uh, We'll talk to you again on Agents Corner on Talking Property in the future. Thanks, Brett. Good on you, Brett. No worries at all. Thanks, Thanks very much for talking to me. Rob Drewitt and Rod Ryan, I think we've learnt a lot in Mm. this uh, edition of Talking Property and the number of things that Sandra Brewer is trying to, well, influence government of all levels. Mm. She talked about the Perth City Council and the new Lord Mayor, relatively new Lord Mayor now in Basil Zemplis and trying to bring life back into the city. They're right on target, I reckon. Very much so and really like the idea of a $15,000 grant for our downsizers and retirees. It's been a long time. Well, they've never really got a break, Quite frankly, I know Rewa a number of years ago had a great policy initiative with giving some stamp duty relief to them. So hopefully we'll see some change from government and recognising that you know our retirees need a break, a tax break, so that they can downsize. I was most impressed. And uh, to be honest, I didn't know a lot about the Property Council. Mm. I know a lot more now and I think a lot of people need to know more about them. And also we learnt that we might be able to get into a pub at the very yes. popular tourist uh, <laughs> right. area of Salmon Gums for less than $400,000 walk It's going to be hard out. not to drink all the profits. That's right, yeah. cheaper than buying a house. <laughs> Well, just thinking, That's right. You wouldn't have a bar of that. Oh. Sorry, Harvey. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> we will say a uh, Vita Zane from this edition of Talking Property, and we hope you will join us again for the next episode shortly. <laughs> Now, if you would like to join us on Facebook, just search for Talking Property Podcast. Our website is at www.talkingproperty.net.au. And you can listen to us on several podcast platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Anchor. And remember, if you want to learn about the Western Australian property market, just go to rewa.com for the best available information. Thank you for listening to this podcast of Talking Property with Harvey Deacon, Rob Jewett and Rod Ryan.